Well, welcome back, everyone. It has been just a little while since we've been here at the X-Bar, podcast number 27, the Rumble Over the Thunder podcast. Dan Strong, how are you? A little sore. Yeah, you got the cane. Yeah, You're raising cane. cane. Yeah, I got the cane. All right, well, more on that story later. Andy Monday, how are you? Good, good. Good to you see you again. You say episode 27? I believe we're at 27. So we're up to Chad Rolfers. Chad, oh, you stole that from me. I said <laughs> it. Ah, oh, Scott Baker, Travis Rodewald. Yeah. Yeah. A few in there. Yeah, those are uh, those are Chad Rolfers. I don't remember how Chad I remember Rofers. that one. Yeah, that was that was a while back. It's a good segue, actually, to something maybe we'll talk about later. But Which is? Um, Wayne Rolfers and Tom Sparowski had a all-out brawl one time on the turn one, one and two after a bad wreck. Was that Way the one back where in Chad? The day. Was that the one where Chad flipped? Yes. Chad flipped really nastily one and time. And his dad went out on the track, and Sparowski and him okay. proceeded to exchange pleasantries that resulted in. I, I remember the wreck, but I don't remember <laughs> the rest of it. That was that was. I was probably like ninety-five-ish. I would say probably ninety-five, ninety-six. Yeah. I think that was the only time. That I so, had ever sat in turn one. So you weren't born yet, Dan. Yeah. No, I was born. I was. I would have been just born that uh, that February. No, no. Nice. Oh, thanks for February ninety five. Thanks for making us feel old. <coughs> You're welcome. That's Did great. you watch Days of Thunder yet? By the way. No, yes. I have not yet. Oh. Kyle Calmus is going to be our guest here, and we're going to bring you in on this. Kyle, is it sacrilegious to work at a racetrack and not have seen Days of Thunder? Yeah, that uh, I can't believe that. I've been listening to podcasts for. <laughs> I don't know. I think they told you about that, like <laughs> when a the year se- ago. Yeah, when the, the race season started. The keen ear catches that, and uh, I, I'm in disbelief that you have not yet watched that. What do we got to do about this, Kyle Kalmus? Well, I don't know. I mean, do we have to like tie him? Well, he can barely walk now, so do we just sit him <laughs> in a chair and <laughs> take. Away I say we game. just put it on right now on the TV. I mean. I don't know. The Packer I thought game's you, on, Andy, were supposed to get me a copy of it yes, on DVD. And I did look for it, and I it's, it's buried somewhere. So did I'll they keep t- digging? Did they take it off Likely of Netflix? Story. Was it on Netflix? I think it was for a while. Yeah, that's classic gold. Yeah, that's good stuff. Well, I'm gonna pull up Netflix right now and see if I can find it on Netflix. Okay. Well, while you do, let's uh, have a little <laughs> chat about some of the things that we've missed since the last time we had a podcast, and unfortunately. Because of Mother Nature, we haven't missed too much as far as the Fox River Racing Club is concerned. We did have the Blue Race last week. We'll get into that. But before we get into that, we did have the Dixieland 250. Both of you, part of it. Andy, I know you were one that finished. Kyle, what happened to you? I, I didn't catch it. Um, I got spun out by Rich Bickle uh, with 75 laps to go. And um, I could tell already. I, I just put the new tires on and... Uh, I moved forward a little bit, and then once those new tires weren't so new anymore, I started going backwards and just kind of realized it wasn't really our night to be a contender and uh, wanted to save something for Thursday. So we we called our night after that, after the spin out. Top 10 for you, Andy? Close, close. Uh, we 11? ended up 11th. Okay. Um, we had a good night. Our car was, you know, top 5, 6 in practice all day long. We qualified 7th, and then... Uh, we started fifth and were able to get up front and restarted for the lead. Um, might have led a lap there with Fredrickson and just kind of hung around the top five for the first 100 laps or so. And then uh, we knew we had to pit twice. So my car only has a 12-gallon fuel cell that I run on Thursday nights. Uh, I wasn't going to make it just on one stop. So we knew going into the race we kind of had a strategy where the first caution we were going to come in, fill up with fuel, and then the next one um, come in for more fuel and then take our tires um, the strategy was playing out the way we liked. We got kind of back up to seventh or so after getting tires and everything, and then uh, got together with another car in one and two, kind of tore the fender and, and skirt off the car. And uh, kind of the rest of the day, like Kyle said, was, was ruined from that point. You kind of knew you weren't a contender from that point on, and um, we just kind of rode around and finished there on the lead lap. There was only, I think, 13 cars that finished out of the 30 that started. So um, we were happy to complete all the laps, and... Um, one of only, I think, five teams that completed all the laps at both the Joe Shear 200-lap race in Madison and the 250. So, Yeah, and uh, as far as the locals go, Brent Strzok had the best day. He ended up finishing third, but that was kind of the story. Obviously, Chase Purdy winning that. That was kind of a different story when we get to the late models, the big eight cars. It was a good day for the locals there, Brazen Bennett winning, and your brother finishing third? Third, uh, yeah. They kind of had a... Uh, an interesting finish on that. It was Reynolds and was it Willett? 
for yep, double. Brody Willett out of Iowa. Yep. Yeah, so they had a good battle going for a lead, and they actually ended up tangling, trying to get around, I believe, a lap car, mm. and uh, put both of them to the to the trunk, uh, which opened the door for Brazen, and he had a really strong car. He took the win, and good week for him, um, taking the red, white, and blue championship also, which we'll talk about. Right after that, so yeah, and I, I guess we could just kind of roll right into it. You know, short week for both of you guys last week, having a race Tuesday and then turning around Thursday. Stories are a little bit different, though. Kyle, you got the two cars. Andy, you got the one car. So I'm going to ask our guest first. What did it take for you to get ready for Thursday night? Well, actually, uh, I have the two cars, but uh, unfortunately, in the uh, white race, I blew the motor in the backup car. So it was kind of a decision that we had to make was if, if that car held up, we just get it ready for Thursday. And if the chassis got bent up, we would have to do a heart transplant and swap the motor out and put it in the other car. So we had that security blanket, which is nice, but you know, either way that was going to be a lot of work. So um, we were fortunate. That's kind of why we called it a night early. And uh, we're able to just do some regular maintenance on the car and get it ready for Thursday night. And Andy, I, I saw your <laughs> Facebook, what, 13-hour day on Wednesday? Yeah, I think I got there about 8.30, and uh, we didn't get done until um, 10.30, 11 o'clock. So um, just a lot of uh, maintenance with all the brake stuff needing to be replaced after 250 laps and then uh, re-greasing all the wheel bearings. And then, as I mentioned before, we also had some body damage from getting together with another car. So had to hang a new left front fender on it and it's funny because some of the people that come down in the pits and like oh it's not that bad it's just a fender it's just cosmetic and it's like it's still going to take two or three hours to fit that because they don't come just bolt on ready to go you got to trim it to fit make it meet the template everything else you want to make it look nice plus all the vinyl has got to go on we do all that stuff ourselves too so you know it's it's just added to the plate of, of work that needed to be done and then on top of the regular maintenance that we normally do weekly and scaling the car and getting it ready for Thursday. So uh, it all worked out in the end and uh, turned it around. I was glad we did it, and it was a lot of fun to be part of uh, the McCarns event. And then, uh, unfortunately, obviously, the blue race didn't quite go the way that anybody had expected it. Neat format, 235 lap features. Uh, probably would have been a lot better if we didn't have happen what happened in that first one. Uh, Maxwell Schultz taking some responsibility, getting into uh, the 45 car, Jeff Van Outenhoven. Uh, kind of really, I don't know if there's a worse spot for something to happen like what happened where you get a car going across the track and everybody's just there getting on the gas. And, you know, Kyle, you were one of the guys that got caught up in it. You just kind of take us through what happened there. Um, well, for me, I, I was kind of uh, far enough back where I couldn't really see what originated from it. I just know that, you know, uh, I was always taught by my dad to look four or five lanes up ahead and i seen i seen someone get sideways and two guys i seen chad and uh jvo going to the wall and i i was kind of just hesitant to get on the gas to try to see where they were going to go from that if they're going to bounce off and uh, i was just slowing down speed to tuck inside and unfortunately uh the guys behind me must, must not have noticed it and um I got knocked sideways and kind of spun out and tail whipped that whole mess. Uh, I think I, I ended up hitting Steve, Steve Apel, which, uh, who, who also announced that he's done for the year. So that was unfortunate for him. But, um, yeah, I mean, you see that stuff happening, and a lot of times it looks scary and guys pull out of it, so you don't really you don't know what to do until you see the wreck happening or where they're going to end up, and uh, I tried to get under it, but fortunately got kind of pushed into it a little bit. Yeah, and you got a little assistance pushing your car off the track. Yeah, thanks, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I was not out there to interview anyone, by the way. I was over there assessing damage. I kind of wanted to see what was going on, and, uh, you know, I saw you get out of the car, and you were starting to shove it, and I'm like, well, no one's going to help him. I, I, <laughs> I've done this a time or two. I think I can lend a little bit of assistance. Well, the thing was, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but I needed assistance from one of the tow trucks all night because uh, my clutch went out. So I needed to – I have a Bryn transmission, which, which just locks into direct drive, so I needed a push at least up to 20 miles an hour so I could lock it back. And, and be able to drive the car 
So the wreck happened, and Steve Aples in front of me, and I seen flames coming out of his car, and I'm like, I got to get out of here, you know, but I couldn't drive away. I knew my car felt like it was drivable yet, but I literally had no clutch to, to drive it anywhere. So yeah, And I wasn't pushing you up to 20 miles an hour. <laughs> no, I just no. wanted to get it off the track go, at that go, point. Go, go, yeah. go, go. <laughs> Maybe if I would have rolled you down a hill, like a really large hill, but that, that'd be about it. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, then going back to yeah. that wreck, you know, there was a bunch of videos and stuff that came out. Dan Margretta had videos and stuff of it. And really, you know, it was uh, kind of more of a racing deal. You know, Max and Jeff, you know, they've always raced good and they get along well. And, you know, it looks like Max got on the throttle and uh, got into Jeff and turned him sideways. And really, if Chad maybe wouldn't have been on the outside there, which he was, you know, he there's no reason he shouldn't have been, but it looked like almost Jeff might have maybe just hit the wall or might even saved it. Um, but because Chad was on his right rear when all that stuff happened, um, that's what caused kind of the the 45 to nose into the wall and then Chad to hit in April. It just was kind of a, a chain reaction right. of all the cars after that. So really a, a racing incident and uh, unfortunate for the 8, the 45, and as Kyle mentioned, the 51, um, all to be kind of done for the year after a really bad wreck there. Yeah, and... Uh turning our attention to what had happened next obviously uh, time Jeske goes on and wins that race you made it through but unfortunately not the story in the second one as well <laughs> as uh, uh the 52 and the two got together a little bit in front of you and then things stacked up that took care of max and it's just kind of a rough night overall yeah like you said ty was on a rail you know he had fast yeah, time it looked real fast um, he got by me for the lead in the second feature we ended up finishing third uh, behind kendall and then um yeah, that second race, you know, it was kind of an interesting format because they Ty rolled the dice after winning the first 35, and he rolled a 5, which would be a 13-car invert. Well, there happened to only be 13 cars left on the lead lap after the big wreck, so we basically did a full invert for the second feature, and um, it put a lot of cars up front on used tires that maybe normally don't start up front. Um, so those first few laps were pretty interesting in the pack, trying to figure out which lane was going to go and a um, couple cars that were down low then up high in the next corner things like that and um, yeah like you said uh, the 52 and the two got together kind of checked everybody up Casey checked up I checked up Max didn't have time to check up and uh, ended up getting the turn two wall um, but crew did a great job you know just like on Kyle's car got us out and got us fixed up and we were still able to finish the race uh, not as high as we wanted to but uh, still be able to get back out there and complete the laps we could. Take a third place overall by one point by going back out, too, so it's kind of crazy. Yeah, and Kyle, you were able to make it back into the race in the first one and then start the second one, too. Yeah, I had uh, I had a lot of help. Um, my crew was right over there right away. I know Mike Meyerhofer was over there. Uh, his trailer was right there, and he let us have access to all the tools and that we needed i i needed a, t a new tire um the rim was bent on my tire and uh joe nickadam and them guys that they they put the tire on a new rim for me and um you know there was uh there's a lot of guy um big pete on tim springsrow's pit crew he was over there um i think we went through probably a roll and a roll and a half of duct tape just trying to hold that back end of the car together but uh the guys did a great job and um we had a good showing in the second race so i felt bad uh i know a lot of tim springstrow's team was was helping me get that car patched together to finish the first section and then uh after we went back green i kind of stuffed it in on timmy and spun him out so i really felt bad because a lot of his crew helped get me back out on the track just to spin timmy out so it thanks was, kyle yeah, yeah way to go <laughs> exactly <that one. laughs> yeah well you know like you said andy kind of racing deal you get this late in the season those sorts of things tend to happen it, it stinks for a lot of guys especially for chad butts after they worked so hard to get the nose on the car for the dixieland tore the nose off not really his deal in that either yeah, and if he'll even go back the yeah. week before the rain out, he got caught in that oil slick right. in turn four and knocked the front end just off. A whole bunch on that of one too, yeah, just so. a whole bunch of stuff that really hasn't been his doing, knocking yep. the front end off of that car. You know, three races in a row. Really got a feel for the kid because he's he's been good. He's been figuring things out here in his second year, and just boy, he was the bad luck's finding him. 
he was very fast in a Dixieland race too. I mean, right. It just started, but a qualifying ninth was uh, a huge accomplishment for him amongst that field. Yeah, and I guess we should say, you know, you worked with that team. You worked with the Butts family before. I don't know how old Chad was when you were kind of teaming up with them, but I'm sure there's there's a little bit of a tie there between you two. Yeah, I think uh, 2003 when I first, when I bought my first uh, limited late model, we we bought it through the Butts family and all our left-handers been through them, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I think Chad Chad was just a little guy at that time, maybe six or something, and. You know, it's just funny because when I was a rookie in Super Lates, I remember racing against Lowell Bennett and, and Terry Baldry and them guys growing up watching them race. And Chad kind of watched up, grew up watching us race. Now you're the veterans. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh, we should mention Bobby Kendall back to back. Only, I think I went ran through the stats, only four or five guys have done that. So for Bobby to do that, pretty good accomplishment. Uh, yeah, he, he ran well in all yeah, three he races. Did. He was in uh, second, I think, to April in the white race. I don't remember we finished in the red race. But, again, strong in both 35s, top five in both. Right. So, overall, deserving. Oh, right. And Very qualifying's deserving. always been a strong suit for Bobby, too, and he's kind of picked that back up. And I mean, I guess we should mention that you won the red race, Kyle. Yeah. Let's, let's backtrack a little bit here, you know, <laughs> just talking about the super lates now that we've kind of wrapped everything up that have happened here. Bobby finished fifth in the red race. See, he, he complains that he never talks, but he's got good information, Dan. Just any time you need to chime in, have at it. Where did Rich Bickle finish in the 1987 Dixieland 250? Okay, this is going to take a while. Him, so then let's go back to <laughs> Kyle here. Um, won the red race, and yep. then uh, just take us through the rest of the season. I know you kind of went back and forth. You had the Batman car, was really fast at the start of the year, switched to the Captain America car, back to the Batman car. Just tell us what's been going on with the nine team this year. Yeah, well, um, yeah, that was definitely a high point for us winning the red race. That was uh, my first red, white, or blue feature victory, um, which we were pretty excited about. And then um, the white race, we had issues with the radiator on the Batman car and um, decided to take the Captain America car out because before the season started, we turned some pretty good times in practice with it, and we were confident with it too. But unfortunately, um, when we brought it to the track on Thursday for that white race, uh, we had we had a cracks number four cylinder, and was um, you know we were leaking oil and just down on power from that. Um, so that kind of knocked us pretty much out of the red, white, blue series. After that, I, I know. The red race, we won the feature, but we didn't make the dash that week, and it was kind of a start close to front race for us, where we got the we got the feature win on the red race, which seems sounds like a really good start, but I think we were like fourth or fifth in points after the red race in red, white, and blues. So we still had our work cut out for us after the red race, and yeah, we having them motor issues after that. Um, that kind of plagued us and then getting involved in that wreck in that first segment of the blue race um, pretty much knocked us out after that but it's been a good year and for those that don't really understand maybe the point scoring and stuff what Kyle's referring to really with the red white and blue series being three races it's also three qualifying efforts three heat or dash races and really the nights that you don't make the dash and you end up in the back of the fast heat or something um, you're looking at probably a six to ten point swing. So if really, you know what Bobby Kendall did and stay up there and Max and stuff for the championship, they're in the dash all three of those races. They run good in those races as well as the features because it's all those events combined together is what it really counts towards the whole thing. Yeah, and uh, you know just to that point too, fans might wonder, well, why don't you just stick all the points in the feature? Why do the dash points and the qualifying points mean so much, and I was just reading a Facebook thread from Jefferson kind of discussing how they've been having some issues with people sandbagging, oh. where they will qualify not so great or maybe hold back on qualifying. I still think there's a lot of mythology that goes into quote-unquote <laughs> sandbagging, but I would leave that to uh, be discussed among the drivers. <laughs> but 
if qualifying in the dash mean nothing, you qualify right around that tenth spot, start pretty well in the feature every time, and then turn up the wick. So uh, that's kind of one of the things that promoters and rules makers do to try to prevent that sort of action. And like I said, there's a lot of mythology there, nothing that's ever really been proven, but that is kind of one way to try to stop guys from doing it if you think it's happening. And, and really at Kakana in the super late class, we, we've been averaging between 26 and 30 some cars every week. Um, and with how competitive it is, I don't, I don't really know of a way you could actually sandbag without sandbagging yourself right into the B main. It would be tough. Um, the only way you could really do it is if you were the last car out to qualify and your first lap put you like sixth to eighth or something. And then you just didn't run a second lap. I don't know other any other way you could do it um, because it is so tight out there. It's tenths of a second we're talking about here. So, Yeah, it would definitely be a gamble. I mean, maybe cut that dog leg off less on that last lap. But, I mean, like you said, it's, it's so competitive. It's You can't really just back off because you don't know what your lap's what you're going to be. I know I don't even have my radio hooked up. And for I was just going to ask that question. How conscientious are you guys of where you are during qualifying while it's happening? Do you even know while you're out on the track or are you just out there pouring it to the coals? I'll let Kyle take that one. <laughs> well, you just um, said no radio. I just know where Kyle is. No, no radio, him. right? I go after Kyle every so you're week. Watching so the, you're watching just, up I on the scoreboard? I just want to know what the 9 did, so I can just oh. go a little bit better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've uh, me and Andy have been talking about this for years. I might change my number to eleven or twelve or something. You can do like what Kendall's we do. eleven. But. You can do what we do with Tundra. So we draw a number every week, and then we flip a coin to decide whether we go up or down. That way, we don't always have the same qualifying order every time. There you go. So then there you go. would go out before <laughs> Kyle, and then he would get to see what you do. He's been late to the party to qualifying line before, so yeah. I've gone out before him. So <laughs> sometimes I got a fake, uh, you know, adjusting tire pressure. Just Andy, go ahead. I'm not ready. <laughs> yeah, I had to go grab a quick little sandwich before you go. Qualify. Yeah, you know, let me get a slice of pizza there quick. There you go. Get a little energy. Yeah. No, there are some guys though that they they want their spotter to tell them and stuff what their first lap is. And you know, for me, it's it's really you're just going out there and trying to get everything you can out of the car. And um, whether you have a really good first lap or really bad first lap, if somebody tells you that, I think you might overdrive or underdrive. So I. I just I don't know what the real gain is there by someone in your ear telling you, you know, to push it harder or not push it as hard. Right. Yeah, I'd agree with you, Andy. I, I'd think if if my first lap was bad, I would probably overdrive the second lap just trying to make it up. I mean, I have a hard time just giving feedback out of those two laps that you get for qualifying <laughs> because you're so focused on running the perfect lap, you don't have time to digest what what's going wrong with the car and and how it's handling, how it's ill handling. You're just trying to run the best lap you can. And it's funny, Kyle's probably experienced this too, is the laps that seem like they're slow are fast, and the laps where you're just on edge and barely save it, you look at the board and you're like, really? You hear that out of a lot of drivers. (laughs) You do. You do hear that out of a lot of drivers. But uh, I guess we could talk sandbagging and qualifying theory all day. We could beat that to death, but... Uh, bigger fish to fry, obviously. Just a few weeks left. Uh, you know, Casey Johnson is in pretty good position. Obviously, anything is possible here over the next two weeks. I'll, I'll pose the question to both of you, and you guys can decide where you want to go from here. What do you do over the next couple of weeks? Are you are you still shooting for that championship? Maybe uh, is Casey a little too far ahead, and you're just looking for some momentum, looking for the wins. You know, what what goes into now with just two weeks left, the Rich Summers and then the Fan Appreciation Night? Uh, Kyle, why don't you go ahead and answer first? Well, I guess uh, as for championship goes, Casey Johnson, that's all in his hands and in his team's hands. Uh, He's untouchable at this point uh, unless something goes wrong with their car, their team, or something in the race, God forbid. Um it's kind of his championship to lose and we're kind of just sitting there waiting for something to happen you know um but you don't want to win a championship that way anyway but um yeah i mean right now we're kind of just focused in i mean the battle between uh me and andy and bobby kendall i think is 16 points apart so we're all kind of right now fighting for the bridesmaid uh spot and uh, if something happens to 
Johnson, I mean, that that's that's his championship to lose right now at this point. So that's how I feel about it. But there is still that sense of pride in, you know, positioning. Right. Yeah, I mean, we all get the points check at the end of the night and the, the trophy. So, yeah, every spot. I mean, me and Andy been battling it out since I don't know when. I was, I was like 14 back then. I mean, <laughs> That's my he's my longtime rival. I mean, I got to catch that guy. <laughs> What's your thought press going into the next two weeks, Andy? Um, well, probably, I probably a bit different than what you were going through last year. Yeah, last year was really on top of maintenance, making sure the car didn't fall apart, staying out of wrecks, that kind of thing. Um, this year, uh, things kind of took a turn the last couple weeks that didn't go in our favor, um, which separated Casey quite a bit from the group. And uh, we fell out of second, now to third. So really what we're looking at is just trying to get a win here the last couple of weeks. Um, if you look at how many super late races were out there this year, even the Tundra race in Dixieland, I think we had 13 races. We had 12 different winners. And Casey's the only one who's won multiple times. So we want to add our name to that list as getting a second win on the season to kind of cap things off on the right foot. And, you know, whether we end up second, third, or even fourth, um, Really, at this point, you know, after the way things went last year for us, um, you know, we're, it's still important to us, but really getting that win would be the biggest thing for us at this point. Well, before we let you go, Kyle, we obviously have to ask you a couple of questions here. The listeners probably want to know the story behind the Batman car this year. We had the... I'm the, Batman. The Captain America car last year. Why Batman this year? And, and for that matter, why Captain America? Because I'm Batman. <laughs> and Captain America? Well, it's not really a question of why. Double duty. It's a question of why not, Matt. Why not? I can yeah. agree to that. I can agree to that. <laughs> I mean, you know, I got I got two young boys at home. Um, they like the they like the superhero thing. And uh, a lot of, you know, honestly, it started off uh, 2012. I got a new race suit, and it was blue and red. <laughs> and I told uh, my brother-in-law own sign country, Travis Frank, I told them, guys, this is my race suit. I got a sweet deal on it. I said, um, just make the car with these colors. I don't care what the design looks like. And it came out with a big Captain America shield <laughs> right next to the number. And we just rolled with it because Travis knows me. I'm okay with that kind of stuff. And uh, <clears throat> it was actually awesome all the the young crowd that was coming over just they root for the captain america car or not now it's the batman car they they like because we wanted to go to a black car and uh last year we didn't have a superhero on it and a lot of my young fans came down upset like where's the captain america car like (laughs) we're looking for a superhero here and it's like well maybe we'll do something different this this year you know we already had the black body panels and uh one of them actually suggested Batman, and I'm like, yeah. Had we're you considered that. Black Panther? Uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> That's something different. Dan yeah. knows about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Black Panther wasn't quite. Uh, okay. I'm not familiar with him. <laughs> might I have just, been a little early yet. That was. Uh, you might have had the car done by then, or, yeah. or at least the design. Yeah, yeah, it came out. You know, so. <laughs> you weren't expecting that question, were you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Speaking of your young boys at home, so normally on a night like this where you have a rainout, you guys do a little extra racing in the shop. If it would have rained out a little bit earlier and you stayed home, tell us tell us what kind of racing you guys do at the race shop when you oh, get a cancellation. Yeah, we've been, uh, you know, my buddy T-Bone, we got into these uh, RC trucks, the Traxxas slash uh, stadium trucks, and... Um, last winter that's we started doing it every thursday on race night and uh t-bone got his neighbors involved and and we were getting 12 to 13 rc trucks showing up and we run it just like a regular thursday night we do time trials we do heat races and a feature and um is the track set up the same configuration each time or you it's change different it? every time okay. yeah we take plywood and uh uh t-bone usually designs a different track every week and uh he's had uh he grew up on a farm so he's got some some uh haystacker wagons and stuff and he 
sometimes interprets that and makes ramps and <laughs> sometimes the track goes up six feet and sometimes it's just a flat oval but we race different every time and and those things are pretty neat you can do spring you know you can put uh spring shims in there and um set them up a little bit so it's nice to get there a little early and see what the track's like but um yeah my oldest son mason's been kind of we call him a little robot he's been <laughs> running real consistent laps and kind of kick kicking our butts a is little he the bit. casey johnson of the uh the calmus race shop league? a little bit yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of dominating yep. <laughs> and he doesn't just do it there too if tonight wouldn't have rained out we would have had some big wheel races too and i, I know your your guys are top tier drivers in the big wheels <laughs> i don't want to say hired guns but kind of close yeah, they're not hired, but uh, we do duct tape the tire and uh, ah, we practice. We, we practice a little bit the week before. Uh, Mason's too old now this year for uh, the big wheels, but so Quentin, Quentin has been uh, our shoe for this year, and uh, he got second in the first race, and he was all pumped up for tonight. But fortunately, we got rained out. My niece Bella was also going to run it in the eight-year-old class, so. We were, we were hoping to get three trophies tonight, but that didn't happen. Well, I think you got another week of uh, practice Practice, there. Yep. yep. There we go. Push it to next week. Yep. Right. <laughs> well, thanks for coming out. Yeah, Great thanks to for have having you here me, down guys. at the X-Bar. Appreciate Good it. Good to see you Appreciate again. It. Friend of the podcast, Kyle Kalmas. Second? Second yeah. appearance on here now. Kyle See, we Kelsey. always joke nobody's listening, but apparently Kyle's listening. Yeah. Gives them something to listen to at work. Sure. I listen to, yeah, at work, <laughs> at home, wherever. I'm just happy to be a friend of the podcast, like Kyle Coelho. You know. <laughs> oh, we just we here? just pick on Kyle. I don't, yeah, has we should he been him. on the podcast yet, aside from the time we recorded him. He hasn't <laughs> act- Facebook Live after the last Thursday. Yeah, he last hasn't year. actually we come and sat down on with us yet. Yeah, we're gonna have to call him out here. Open invitation for Kyle Coelho. <laughs> People, you want to thank Kyle sponsors? Yeah, we're yeah, eating some pizza think- right now, so we might want to mention them. Huh? Yes, I love that delicious <laughs> brew pub pizza. I'm going to go stuff my face with it now after I this. Think, I think he just got re-upped for 2019. Did you see the price that was on the thing? It's $9. Is that because of car number nine? Is it a special deal? I plead the fifth okay. on that. Just checking. <laughs> I did notice that over there. <laughs> Don't, you guys get it for free, though, right? It's, uh, it's part of the see, only on, Wednesday, Wednesday, on Wednesdays. Free on pizza and darts. Oh, uh, we should have did, this. We did this yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, I got to thank Brewpub Pizza and um, Ken Sports. You know, they both do a lot for the racetrack and stuff, and I'm proud that they're on my uh, on my race car. Uh, Brewpub Pizza's, uh, Orr's Pizza in general, has been on my race car since I moved up to the half mile, and um, Ken Sports has also joined on, and they've always been doing stuff for the club. Um, I have a lot of other sponsors. I want to thank uh, a new sponsor, Bougie Ruffing. Um, he's been my uh, them guys have been helping us out this year, and uh, competition specialists uh, for doing my engine work. I know we had a little malfunction halfway through the season, but I know Steve's working hard on uh, getting that fixed up for us and doing a good job. And uh, you know. A lot of other sponsors, Conrad Motors, um, Weld Specialty, another big sponsor for our club. Um, Sign Country, Sign Country, Fast Wax. Sign Country busted their butts off just getting the Batman logo back on the car because we had to replace both doors back, and uh, they had the wraps all ready to go for us. We picked it up today, so and it was looking fantastic, so... Yeah, well, it'll look good next week too. <clears throat> That's right. My neighbor actually works for Sign Country, uh, Jeff Kirsch, and uh, he's he always messages me when Kyle's car needs work. He's like, "What did you do to Kyle this week? <laughs> <laughs> like, you're making me work here at the shop, man. Come on, yeah, it's good. It's, it's business. <laughs> yeah, business. He likes donuts at work, but not that kind of donuts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Kyle. Appreciate having you down here. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. So moving on now to the Blue Race and what your brother did he had a really good week so he won he and brazen both had a really good week right so third 
for the Dixieland, then the win in the blue race, and then, of course, Brazen with the overall red, white, and blue win in the late models, and the win in the Dixieland. So good showing overall for our late model guys all week. Yeah, and I wasn't sure um, how they were going to score that with Brian on Tuesday because, uh, as we mentioned before, when Reynolds and Willett got together, um, Brian kind of checked up and got together with another guy kind of tore the fender and ductwork off the car but he was able to retain his position and finish the race and um, hold off a strong challenge from Jeremy Miller and stuff there at the end so that was good to see and then uh, Thursday yeah real good run uh, Bernhagen was right on his heels which we'll talk mm. about him in a little bit because that's a little yeah. bit of an interesting story it's interesting uh, you say heels too yeah right on his heels <laughs> Jesse <laughs> right um, there on the last restart and Brian was able to pull away and get that win so um, great night for Brian um also mentioned too some unfortunate luck for Nate Van Wyken. Yeah, uh, they were had a shot at winning the Red White and Blue Championship, and they uh, ran into some snags with the drivetrain on that car, um, and weren't able to to go past just the qualifying. So he mm-hmm. had to retire for the night. So he was pretty bummed out. I talked to him, you know, at the track, and he was maybe hoping he could switch over to that Chase Randerson car or something else. And just with the way the rules are, once you're qualified into a car, you're locked into it for the night. And unfortunately, it stinks for him, but. You know, they were back out there tonight ready to race before the rain, and hopefully he's just shooting to pick up a win here the last couple of weeks too. Yeah, real unfortunate for him because that car's been getting faster and faster all year, and it, it would have been hard to knock him off at the top of those standings, I think. Yeah, I had interviewed Jesse Bernhagen after he set fast time, and he said, I think we're going to end up in a four-way tie for the championship. <laughs> Didn't work out that way, but it was close. I think it was only two points from Brazen to Jesse. And yeah, he's got a little bit of a cushion now, but... Yeah, you but mentioned. We'll talk about you mentioned Jesse. He he still is leading the uh, the Thursday night points, and nobody really loves a rainout. But he was a little pleased to see it because he got a big old boot on his foot right now. Had a really weird accident and cut into his Achilles tendon, and is on crutches and all kinds of stuff now. Yeah, and it's his left foot, so um, the, all the pressure on the brake pedal with the braking and stuff and using that foot also for your clutch pedal, you know, getting up to speed shifting, um, that's that's a pretty tough injury for a race car driver on the left foot. Now, if it was the right foot, yeah, that's your gas pedal, but you're not moving it around. You're, you're kind of just front to back with that more, more so, but um, hopefully this extra week helps him kind of heal up. I, he wasn't even sure. Um, the doctors were going to let him race. Mm-hmm. I know they told him he couldn't race last Friday at Plover because um, he was going to go over there for the CWRA show. And, um, yeah, this at the driver's meeting tonight, he had the uh, the big walking boot and crutches on. And he's like, this guy was going to try to race tonight? Like, oh, really? yeah. So, he's a yeah. race car driver. No team driver for the 28 either. I asked no, uh, one of his crew guys they didn't, one. Oh, they boy. didn't list one either. Yeah. So. And that, uh, that's a really tight point battle over there, too. you still got Monster, Brazen. I don't Is Brian back into the conversation there yet? I think he's or? about fifth. Okay, and then yeah, Meyerhofer's Meyer in yeah. there, too. So, yeah, anything with three weeks and now just two remaining uh, certainly could change the complexion of that one. Yeah, that's been, a, that's been a great class to watch, and I don't know how many different winners they've had this year, but I want to say it's not quite as many as the Superlates because I know Monster's won multiple times, and... Yeah, well, um, just Eddie and Brian are okay. the only two that have won multiple this okay. year in the late months. So, yeah, so they probably have eight or nine different winners in that class, too, right. with Mike King winning, and, you know, things have been really competitive in that group. Speaking of different winners, a couple of weeks ago we had George Schwalbach picking up a win in a car that had one with Terry Van Roy behind the wheel, but then George wins. Uh, this was before our rain out back on August the 4th. And then Ed Howard, who is only racing part-time this year, that 11 car, comes and wins the Stand the Man race, the Blue race. Yeah, and I talked to Ed a couple weeks ago. I saw him at Seymour, and he was excited to kind of get back to racing out here and um, bought his old car back from Nick Van. You know, Nick Van, uh, sponsor of the club, Fox City's Towing, and um, it was cool to see that back out there running up front and um, another competitive car in the Superstock class, which is what we need. Yeah, and... That one came down to the wire in the red, white, and blue points, too, and congratulations, Dave Meyerhofer and Josh Miller. Dave ran the red race. Josh ran the white and the blue, and with his second-place finish, just able to sneak ahead and win that red, white, and blue championship, and first time for those guys. Yeah, awesome. So then to the Wisconsin Sport Trucks, and who books a trip to Ireland during race (laughs) season? 
Kylie Vandermoss did. Kylie Vandermoss <laughs> does. She might have been happy at Rando because I don't think she's back yet this week either. I don't think so, no. Uh, but Jason Plutz just kind of keeps that streak alive. Dan, you are on the Jason Plutz watch. Mm-hmm. How many did he win in a row? Five in a row. And, and then, then it, it stopped. It stopped. But it's back on again, right? Um, because maybe. No, Fickle won. Tanner won last yep. week. Yep. Tanner Congratulations won. him. That was a neat picture. Brothers. And yeah, Tanner wins the sport truck race, and then Justin wins the four-cylinder race right after, and they can take a nice little picture down in victory lane. But That's something me and Brian have always shot for, and it's never kind of worked out. We've had fast time, been on the front stretch before, sport truck and super late, but yeah. Yeah, it can't, uh, can't be easy to coordinate those kinds now, of things. Now, I talked to yeah. Tanner after the Blue Race. Apparently, that's his first win at WIR in four years being out here. Mm-hmm. Finally got that monkey off the bat. And he probably, and I, I wouldn't know for sure, but Norway? Has he won at Norway before? Oh, yeah. He's Has won he? at Norway okay. before. Even this season, I pr- I'm pretty sure he won this season. So I know he had a really nasty wreck up at Norway and had to fix the truck up or even get a new truck earlier this year. So that was kind of tough on him. And then, of course, Justin, as we said, winning the four-cylinder race and then Brody Revest ends up winning his second red, white, and blue championship. But just back to the sport trucks and Kylie Vandermoss, she had a very capable driver filling in. Taylor did. He was a busy boy last Thursday, running the super lates, made the features, ran both 35s, plus the sport truck race, and just one position short of winning the team championship would have been a Kylie would have technically been listed as a champion, but with a pretty big assist there from Taylor. Yeah, and I talked to Rob a little bit about it, uh, which is their their dad. Um, Kylie kind of had this trip booked before really their season started, and you never know how things are going to play out. You would have to book out. something like that pretty far. Yeah, you never know yet. how things are going to play out. So obviously with her being as competitive as she's been this year, winning a couple features and being up there in points, um, obviously she was still looking forward to her trip, but she's like, ah, man, mm. maybe it would be nice to be here. But, you know, Taylor's Taylor ran the sport truck division for five or six years. He's comfortable with that truck. You know, it was a pretty easy transition to let him hop in and fill in for yeah, and still in the championship hunt now with just two weeks left, and Kylie, I would imagine, will be back next week and take the shot, see what happens. I mean, uh, we've seen some pretty weird stuff in the sport trucks early on this year. With just you, just you don't know who's going to hold up, who's not going to hold up, how long that chain's going to stay on your truck, how your engine's going to react to when it's humid, to when it's not humid. Uh, Cody Vanderloop yeah. has been coming on he's strong. Been really good, races, yes. so he's gonna pick up a win here. I would imagine he, years he's got to be the leading rookie, right? It's been him and Dylan Vandenberg, the 15 truck. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and uh, been picking up some new sport trucks along the way too, which is always good to see. You know, especially toward the end of the year, you like to see that because that's a usually a pretty good omen for what would come in 2019. Uh, so touchdown, the four cylinders again. Another really really nice count there. Uh, kind of a tough break for Andy Miller. Great week for him, though. Welcomes a new daughter into the world. Unfortunately, couldn't hang on to the Red, White, and Blue Championship, but still leading the Thursday night standings. Didn't have to miss any time. So able to hang on to that Thursday night point lead. Only He's two weeks close left. close with uh, Heather. Is Heather Wolfgram Heather would there? be in second. She's okay. she's closing in. That could come down to the wire. It definitely down could. last night, last race. Yeah. So Tanner has won at Norway last year and this year. Okay. One each. So So I should, should we, now that you mentioned uh, Heather possibly winning a championship, should we get back to the Superstocks a little bit? Because I believe it's that team of Van Roy and Schwabach leading, Correct. but Rachel Meyerhofer not too far behind. And we talked about Kylie Vandermoss in second. I think you had said something about this a little earlier in the year. Could it be possible to have three female championships in one and year? And if you want to throw Kelsey Hayes in for the quarter-mile outlaws, right. she's had a really good year, too. There's there's four, so yeah, that'd be really cool. Some fantastic women drivers at Wisconsin International Raceway. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of the quarter-mile, we were supposed to have the sport mods tonight. They got rained out, but round three, uh, the Winnegami Home Builders Association Triple Crown Pavement Pounder will be next week. They did reschedule it that. It will be. Yes. I asked Joe before we officially rained out, and he said he didn't know what they were going to do. Yeah, I asked, him a- know. I asked him after the rain out, and he said the sport mods will be back next week. And Brock Saunders, so, who won both uh, both races before, the five car, he, yep. he's uh, looking forward to that tonight. I talked to him yesterday. Yesterday or Tuesday, I seen him at work, and he was pumped up for tonight, so... 
Should be a good show. And if any sport mods are listening and have not been here yet, Fox City's Towing is putting up an extra $200 for anyone who shows up that hasn't been at the first two races. So if you come to this third race and you did not race in the first two and you win, it's worth an extra $200. Two Benjamins. Yep. Wish for those sport mod guys isn't so bad because they don't chew up a lot of money on tires. Dan, what would you do with $200 extra right now? Right now? Joe Vertigan gave you $200 from Fox A's Towing. What would you do with it? He would go on Um, eBay and buy Days of Thunder. That ain't going to cost $200. I mean, I would buy Days of Thunder, obviously. That would would have to be the first part. And then probably... Might have to buy a DVD player to play it in. No, I've got one of those for my laptop somewhere. (laughs) i got to find it. But, uh, no, I would probably uh, pay off a small, tiny portion of my student loan debt. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. It's all so, tiny. back to the points. Okay. Schwalbach and Van Roy are one point ahead of Rachel in the uh, street stocks. Here's a question. And, so mm-hmm. the street stocks don't normally race when the when the mods are here. Right. Are the it's street stocks racing next week? Next I would week. imagine so. And, and it's the, the quarter mile eight models? And it's yes. the Rich Summers Memorial, too. So, so it's like eight divisions? We're going to have gonna be a busy night. Hmm. You're gonna no get all screen checkered. You're gonna get a lot of racing for twelve bucks next week. If if that happens next week, green green to checkered every single race. I will buy the pizza next week. <laughs> you will buy the pizza. I will we buy the have pizza this recorded. All. Do you think this will magically get edited out of the podcast before Absolutely he posts not. it? Definitely would. Absolutely so not. So we, we will put him on the spot. It will be out there for everybody to hear. Absolutely. Dan is buying pizza <laughs> next week if we go green to checkered through yep. all the features. Okay, that's what so, he's going to do with the two hundred bucks. Just yep, so there we go. Just I'll just so pay you back for all the pizza. Everybody knows you can come down here for free pizza next week, courtesy of Dan Strong. No, no, just just one pizza for. Well, that's Andy. not the way I heard it. One no, pizza. one pizza for. <laughs> that's Andy. not the way I heard <laughs> that's it. That's not the way I heard it. That's not the story I'm telling. But sizzling fours. Heather is thirty points back. 535 to mm-hmm. 505 for Andy Miller. And then Kylie is 949 and Jason Plutz is 992. And then in the figure eights, Craig Van Wettering is very far ahead, is he not? Uh, 685 to Terry Van Roy's 510. That is quite a bit. Yeah, that's pretty much a win. And th- th- yes. just, just hand him the trophy now. Yeah, and he did win the red, white, and blue championship, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was very close. Yeah, because he was only five points behind Craig Krieger, and I know that he jumped him. Yep. Uh, He won by... So, actually, two people jumped Craig Krieger. Okay. Like in the parking lot or in points? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) In points, in the uh, red, white, and blue. Uh, Craig finished third with 165. Mike Meyerhofer Jr. finished second with 170. Craig Van de Wettering finished first with 180. Okay. Yeah. Boy, that's another guy. You know, we talk about Terry Van Roy and all the championships he won and how we need to start figuring out how many he won. Craig's another all guy. That's yeah. what he'll tell you. I Craig's another guy that we got to start tallying how many, uh, how many he's got to his Why don't name. you just look at his tile? He updates it every time he, he leads a lap. He'll add it to his tile e- here. Easy enough, then. We, you guys can come down to the X-Bar and do that yourself. <laughs> Hey, maybe that, that would be a little bit of trivia. We could do some trivia here. Trivia, yeah. yeah. Trivia. Yeah. Pod, Speaking of points, since you have it up, trivia. Rookie of the Year battle, super lates, and late models. Both okay. very Before good. Before we wrap up. We can do how that. We, how are we doing on there? I know Spring Stroll Griesbach in the super lates. Dassault missed some weeks. He's kind of yeah, out of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's see here. He hasn't been back for a few weeks. So... Actually, Greasebach, we're looking at 507. Springshore, we're looking 504. The next back is Corey Manders with 462. Yeah, that's very tight between those those guys. Got to make sure they make the feature the last few weeks and stay out of trouble. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that's sort of been the back and forth all year is is one in the feature and the other one out, you know, where they're qualifying and things like that. So quite the little uh, back and forth that those two have had. Most definitely. A thousand dollar bonus in the super lates for right. the rookie of the year. So yeah, it's fast a, comfort suites. It's a big deal. Thanks, John Simonis, Rick Sweary for that. Now we go on to the late models. We look at Will Timmers, five ninety four. Craig Krieger is uh let's see here, five sixty nine. 
Okay, so... 23 points behind. That's close. Yep. That's still doable. And Craig's yep. been gaining speed every week. You yes, know, he has. Close to qualifying in that 22nd bracket, so... It'll be close. We'll see. Yeah. That's why you all need to come out the last two weeks. We're not just watching championships, but we're watching Rookie of the Year titles, too. And if, you know, if we really want to go that far, street stocks, if Cody Shepard comes back out, he's... Less than 100 points back from Wayne Sonkowski, who hasn't been there every week. Right. I think he was going to He was there tonight, though. He was, Wayne? Yeah. Okay. So he would have been going for it tonight, too. And then we don't... It doesn't list anybody in Sizzling Fours. Right. Sport Trucks, Dylan Vandenberg, is ninth with 685. And then the only other one that they... Oh, Cody Vanderloop. Cody is isn't listed in here listed as, as a rookie. rookie. He, he should be, though. But I believe he is. Dylan is ahead of Cody. Oh. Interesting. 685 to 673. Also very close. Yes, definitely. But going by what they have in here officially, Jeff Ludwig is the only other rookie at 273. Okay. Well, certainly stuff we're going to be watching out for the next couple of weeks. Should be interesting. Two yeah. weeks. Make or break it. I can't believe we're already to this point. <laughs> only two weeks left. Unbelievable. The season's gone by so fast. My yeah. wife and my checkbook can believe we're to this point. Ah, I would imagine so. <laughs> yeah. I would imagine so. Well, that'll wrap it up for us here in the Rumble Over the Thunder podcast number 27. Uh, Andy, thank you for all of your insight, wisdom. Appreciate it. I don't know about that, but sure. We'll Dan the that. man strong. Get feeling better there, champ. Going to try to. All right. Take her easy. Always. Good deal, good deal. FRC.us is the website. Fox River Racing Club on Facebook. WIRMotorsports.com. The website for Wisconsin International Raceway or Wisconsin International Raceway on Facebook. Let us know what's going on out there. Hit us up on Twitter. If you didn't get our Twitters, go back in one of the old uh, go back in one of the old podcasts here from the X Barn. Find out. That's how we make them listen to some other ones get those listen counts up yeah all right again from the x bar big thanks to craig krieger and the gang here it's been fun having you folks on board and until next time stay out of trouble